1: Every
2: team, every topic, everywhere, this is believe.
1: I'm Allie Wolf, a TV news reporter taking on my biggest assignment yet, motherhood. Get ready to feel inspired and connected as we explore the journey into mom life. This is the Mom's Calling podcast.
2: You have the right to say no, and people pleasers have trouble understanding that and they, you know, they have trouble enforcing those boundaries. But once you do... It is life-changing.
1: Welcome to another episode of Mom's Calling. Today's show is full of gems to help you live a peaceful, organized, and productive life. You just heard from my guest, Tanya White, and I think her approach to motherhood and life is so inspirational because she's all about creating peace. It is such an important thing to learn as a new mom, where we are juggling so much and taking on so much, it can be overwhelming. In this conversation, we discuss how to be productive as a new mom through systems, to-do lists, time blocking, home organization, and more. We also talk about why multitasking is not productive, how to say no, and how to incorporate self-care daily. You'll also learn more about Tanya. She is a full-time writer and she blogs about home organization and self-care-based productivity. She's also a mom to three boys, ages 12, 14, and 16. Her motto, self-care is the foundation for a good life. Enjoy my conversation with Tanya. All right, Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm very happy to be here. (laughs) Well, I wanted to start by just saying your whole presence and your Instagram feed and everything is very calming. And I know you have three kids and there's a lot going on. So I'm just wondering if we could dive in with some tips for new moms or first time moms on where to begin on just kind of simplifying their life and creating a little more peace in the day.
2: Okay. Well, I have some pretty strong opinions on this because mm-hmm. motherhood is such, especially for new moms, it's such a huge change in your life. Um, so you just literally brought this new person into the world. My single most important tip for new moms is just to be compassionate with yourself, um, adjust your expectations, expect that things may not go as you think they will, you're going to have to adjust your expectations for your home um, and the level of, you know, what you can get done. Um, there's great strategies, though, that you can do as a new mom uh, to, to help you, you know, through that process. One of which is delegation, <laughs> you know, to enlist uh, family members, your partner, spouse, get people to help you because, This is a really, really delicate time and you should not be going through it alone.
1: Yeah. I think that with between the hormones and the sleep deprivation and just the added pressure of having a baby and you've been through it three times. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering getting a little more specific on the days. Cause I was just through this period of time where number one, the days blur together, but number two, it's um, the days can slip away. So I'm wondering if there's a place to start for adding a little bit of structure without creating this expectation that you're going to, to, you know accomplish so much in a day but are there any ways to just add more structure to maybe get one or two things done is it a to-do list is there a certain method that you think works for particularly chaotic times like the postpartum phase
2: so I'm all about to-do lists so what I think is um, a, a great strategy is is to make yourself a to-do list and see how much you know you can get done just give it a try experimental to-do list and say to yourself okay you know, what, how much can I, in theory, get done? Um, And then look back at the end of the day and see, you know, were you able to get stuff done? The thing with, with new motherhood is it's changing constantly. So, you know, depending on if your baby has a growth spurt or is teething or is under the weather, I find that, you know, the days can be radically different. So one day If your baby is sleeping well, you know, that you can get a lot done. Other days, not so much. But um, I think working in maybe 15-minute blocks, like give yourself two or three 15-minute blocks to get a couple of things done off your to-do list and see how that works for you. Maybe the 15 minutes will be taking a shower, you know, and and that's one of the things that's important. It's part of self-care. And as a new mother, that's something that really needs to be emphasized as well as self-care.
1: Yeah. I think that that's such a good point too, is that just when you think you're getting on a routine as a new mom or really as a mom at any stage, then all of a sudden there's a change and your kid's sleep cycle switches and then you have to switch. So I think what you're saying is having the to-do list to fall back on to where, you know, you get that free time and then, you know, you know, maybe sometimes you just need to relax, but if you do want to be productive, like writing it down, then you can fall back on that list and just kind of Go for it. Is that the best way?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. And then I wanted to take it to another level because you're all about productivity and you're really mm-hmm. good at these different methods. I know you've posted about the Pomodoro method and all these mm-hmm. different um time blocking methods. So if you say you do have a bit of a handle on things, like I know for me, by the time I was like four months into having a mm-hmm. baby, I, you know, you got some better naps in and, and you start to feel like you have some motivation to maybe tackle some goals, whether it's, I want to do this one craft, or I want to start a business, whatever it is, what are your tips on trying to achieve goals and really structure your day and your productivity if you're working towards something? So it's like, you know, we're past the survival mode, but now we're actually trying to execute.
2: Well, time blocking is one of my best methods. Um, So that's basically where you take a block of time, let's say an hour, and you complete tasks within that hour. It's great if you can complete like tasks within the hour because you'll actually get more done. Um, Because when you switch from task to a different task, your brain takes a little time to adjust to the new task. But if you group like tasks together, you actually move more quickly through the tasks and you get more done. And having a realistic to-do list, that's the most important thing, because I find what's super discouraging is you set out with this, you know, really long to-do list and you're like, I'm going to get it all done. And then you look back at the end of the day and you have, you know, less than half completed and you feel completely (laughs) discouraged and you just, you know, you give up and then you sort of say, okay, forget it. This isn't, this isn't worth doing. So, you have to look at your unique situation, your your baby's unique situation, and really look at the amount of time like can you count on having, let's say, you know a, a, a specific solid nap time in which you could get stuff done? Can you get, you know, someone maybe to come and and help you and, and watch the baby so you can get stuff done?
1: Tanya also believes multitasking can be counterproductive and says there's a difference between being busy juggling
2: many tasks at once and being truly productive. Multitasking actually slows you down because if you are doing two things at once, you are not completely focused on whatever other thing you're doing because you really can just focus on one thing. And if you're jumping back and forth between unrelated tasks, it's slowing you down. If you group related tasks, if you group like tasks together, like for instance, if you're working and you have email emails to, to write, if you group those emails together, um, you'll go, you'll move through them quicker. Housework is another thing. Um, you can do like a 15-minute block of housework where you just sort of you know, go and do as much as you can and then step away and you can switch to another, you know, another task. Uh, another block rather, but really it's important to avoid trying to do two things at once or jumping between, you know, between tasks, unrelated tasks because you're just slowing yourself down.
1: Tanya also has a strategy for scheduling tasks. She calls it the art of the to-do list. It's a system that helps you achieve goals on a daily basis.
2: Right. So what I do is if I were, if it were the first time I was approaching a to-do list, I would get everything out that I need to do, like everything that's called a brain dump. So you take a piece of paper and you just dump everything in your brain onto that piece of paper Um, And then from there, you can start, you know, scheduling things. If something doesn't need to be done that day, you can schedule it for another day. You can um, delegate some tasks to other people, which is a great method. If there's things that need to be done that day, then you make a to-do list for that day. And then you can block out your time. And you can say, okay, if I need to, you know, run errands, there's several errands. Okay, I'll do that in the morning. I'll take a block of an hour and a half to run errands. And then um, during nap time, you know, let's say it's a two-hour nap time. I'll get the house, I'll get some housework done in that two hour block. So it works like that. And of course, you know, flexibility is key to productivity because things come up all the time in our lives. And especially when you're a mom, you know, sometimes you'll be going through your day with a fixed idea of how your day is going to go and something comes up and derails your whole day and you have to sort of, you know, roll with the punches and just, reorganize.
1: (laughs) No, I love that. I think it's good because it's the to-do list isn't going to dictate your day. You're not a robot, but having it to always fall back on, I think is super, super beneficial. And the expectations, I think too, when you're a structured person, like you and I are, I think it's safe to say if you're structured, (laughs) you know, nothing really throws a wrench in your plans like parenthood and being a new mom or a mom of any stage. So I think the flexibility is so important. And I want to know a little bit now about how you learned all of this. I mean, you have so many great tips and so much knowledge on productivity and organization and cleaning, which we'll get to later. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about your backstory and you have teenage children, which you look amazing. People can't see you right now, but (laughs) I can't believe (laughs) you you. do. Um, But yeah. How did you learn all of this? Did you have to learn by mistake or tell us a little bit about your journey as a mom?
2: Okay. Well, going into motherhood, I, I guess I was a little surprised at how all encompassing those newborn days could be. So when women would say, You know, oh, I don't even have time to take a shower. And I would think before I had it before I had my first son, I would think like, like really, really can you not? And then I had a baby who really I had to hold pretty much all the time, and I got it, I understood, and so Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to you know get stuff done in a challenging environment like that. So that was where it started. My. Productivity techniques kicked in. Um, I started making novelty cakes about, I think, it was in two thousand eight. Um, and cake baking is extremely time-consuming, and it's it's a it's it, it's always a big job. And so I would find that you know I would be taking so much time on a cake, let's say fifteen hours, and through certain techniques I could cut down. The time, and then I really started researching productivity just for my life, like just for other areas, and that's where the um, interest in productivity was born.
1: That's so cool, and I think that it's interesting how you can take on all these different, you know, cake baking led to productivity, and top of you know, you also do writing, and you were also a stay-at-home mom for a while. So I'm wondering if you can speak on just embracing all of those different phases of your life. Because I know that in the early days, like for me, I had a career pivot and I completely abandoned one career. And then, you know, I was just home with my daughter for a while. And I felt like that was it. I felt like here I am now I'm a stay at home mom. This is the rest of my life. And so I'm just wondering if you could talk about just how you're able to just explore all of these different interests and kind of careers throughout, you know, being a mom and just know, giving us hope that it's possible.
2: So that's something that I think has um, gotten me where to where I am is my open mindset. So I have always been um, very open to possibility. And in those early days of motherhood, it's kind of, it is hard to see, life outside of, of of caring for a child. Um, but it does happen <laughs> once they, you know, get a little older. And I just sort of, you know, went with things that I was interested in when the time allowed. So when my kids were a little older, um, you know, I started baking. And then I, you know, got into writing later. And I just always kept my mind open and followed things that made me happy and things that gave me Energy, And that's one thing that I can, uh, one tip that I, I would give to people is when you find yourself getting lost in something and the time flies by and you're in that sort of state of flow, that's, it's really important to note what you're doing because that might be an interesting career option for you if you are a stay-at-home mom and you're looking for something, you know, to get into something to pursue, No, I think that's such a great tip because
1: I think that a lot of people think of what they should do and the job that's going to provide security. And of course, paying your bills and providing for your needs and your children is important. But thinking about what gives you that energy, that boost, that excitement. I mean, I think it is possible to make a job out of those things. And so, yeah, what would be your tip for somebody who maybe is working and, has this other thing. I mean, how do you go about pursuing those things that, that give you that life?
2: Okay. So here's the, here's the thing. Um, when you're working, if you're a mom and you're working full time and you want to have something on the side that you really want to pursue, um, I'd say go with your energy levels. So work on it as far as you can. So as much as you can every day without running yourself down, because, you know, that'll be counterproductive if you burn out. Um, or if you, you know, make yourself sick, you're obviously not going to be achieving your goals.
1: So for example, if I'm working a nine to five and I'm a mom and you know, I have childcare say during that time, but then my baby goes to bed at like seven 30 and you know, either if you're a night person, then like you maximize those hours, those two hours at night, maybe, or like for me, for example, I'm a morning person. And especially after becoming a mom, I'm like, up at 5am. Right. So basically whatever time of day you feel more energetic, maximize that maybe like an hour here, right. hour there.
2: Right. So if you're a morning person and you're okay with getting up an hour early to work on it, that's fantastic. Like do that. Um, or if your baby goes to bed at seven 30 and you're not an evening person, but you can manage an hour or two, then do it. It'll take you a little more time to get there, but you'll get there. As long as you're moving forward, you'll get there.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's a good tip. It's like, maybe don't quit your day job to pursue the passion, but integrate it into your life until you get to a point where you can evaluate. Absolutely. Perfect. And now I want to talk about something that I love that you posted because so many mothers are people pleasers you want to take care of everybody yes. you just want to say yes to everything and i'm just wondering if you have any tips of how you can overcome i know you have talked about overcoming being this yes person and maybe creating yeah. these healthy boundaries for yourself without yeah. changing your personality but you know how do you navigate that because i think within family or work and everything you have to juggle protecting yourself and your boundaries is so important
2: yeah. And it's hard to, for people pleasers, it's very difficult to say no. And you don't want to disappoint people and you don't want to let people down. But you have to ask yourself if, you know, doing something for someone is going to exhaust you or, you know, tire you out, then it's really maybe something you should rethink. And I find the easiest way to start saying no is to practice or to practice saying no. First of all, you can. Practice, you know, going over a little script in your head saying this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> Start saying no to, to little things first. You know, get get sort of, it, it primes the, the muscle <laughs> to where you were, are able to say no to bigger things.
1: That's a good tip. And I think maybe even like say no to somebody who you know that you can talk to. Like maybe I'll say no to my mm-hmm. mom and my brother. And then next time somebody like a boss asks, it's like, okay, I'm used to saying no a little bit more because I think it's also protecting your mental health. And I think that like your mental oh, health and your anxiety. Yeah. It's so important. Absolutely.
2: As Here's the other thing. You don't owe anyone an explanation. Like you can say no, uh, just that Uh, that's that's not going to work for me or you know I'm sorry I can't do that and you don't have to get you don't have to give them a whole explanation as to why you have the right to say no and people pleasers have trouble understanding that and they you know they have trouble enforcing those boundaries but once you do it is (laughs) life-changing.
1: Yes. And I think all of these things just relate to that mental pressure and anxiety. And I think a big part of it is your environment. And I think having a decluttered, organized and clean space, I think that's the first thing that a lot of new moms just let go. It's like the house is going to be a mess. But I find that Yes, it's okay to let the house get a little messy, but it really mentally weighs on me, and I feel oh. stressed. Yeah. So, yeah. how can new moms or moms with a chaotic life get started with their decluttering and to create a space that is that is peaceful and inviting and makes them feel good?
2: Well, this is where your support system is really going to come in um, and and make a huge difference because if you can, you know, get someone to hold the baby while you, you know, declutter. I guess my biggest advice would be do as much as you can before the baby's born. Sometimes that's not possible if you're on bed rest or there's other circumstances, but try to get your home as organized as possible before the baby's born. Uh, I even, re- I recommend making freezer meals for those first few weeks where, you know, you just don't have time for anything. Um, and then it, you know, once you're past the, the newborn stage, it'll be maybe a little easier to get, you know, to be able to declutter, you know, a closet or, or actual larger spaces.
1: I think a lot of people struggle with clutter and with like clutter and cleaning, but I think clearing the clutter first yeah. is, is hard. And a lot of people who doesn't want a beautiful home and workspace. So I know you post a lot of tips on, on cleaning and decluttering. So what, what is the best way to start? And so it becomes a habit because I think sometimes you have your house clean and then slowly it builds up again and then it's clutter and it's messy. So, you know, what's the way to start to not only get it clean and decluttered, but to make it more of a habit, part of your routine. So
2: for people who really, really struggle with keeping areas clean, Um, What I recommend is to pick one area to start with. That might be your bathroom, you know, sink counter. That might be the kitchen counter. Maybe it's your dining room table. And you get into the habit of keeping that one area clean. And pretty soon it becomes sort of just part of your routine. And then you can incorporate other areas and you sort of, you can build from there. Um, Otherwise, there's, there's tricks you can do. Like if you leave a laundry hamper. Um, in your living room, if you find that the living room gets cluttered, you know, let's say with, um, I don't know, clothes or whatever, keep a laundry hamper there, you can put everything into that one hamper um, to deal with later. <laughs> and at least your 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 space isn't cluttered. And then at the end of the day, you can take that hamper and and, you know, put things away, or, you know, bring the dirty clothes to the laundry or whatever it is.
1: Okay, I love that like focusing on one area. It's like maybe I just don't want anything on my kitchen counters and I'll focus on that yeah. or like you know everybody has that chair that becomes like the the dump everything on chair. <laughs> so
2: Right. See, I, and I, started- I find that telling, you know when people say they want to declutter and like the prospect of decluttering an entire house or even several rooms, it can be quite daunting. So starting with one area and building from there. And once you see, it's going to build your confidence. Cause once you see that, Hey, I can keep this, this is pretty easy to keep clean. You can build from there. And of course setbacks will happen, you know, uh, either, you know, let's say you're under the weather or whatever it is. You just have to get back to that routine that you built up and, it, it, it really makes it easier once you have a habit established.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think that it's one of those things that you don't realize weighs on you so much. And then when you have it clean, it's like a positive feedback loop, right? Where you just want everything to be clean and nice. So I think, yeah, focusing on one area is great.
2: Yeah. When you want, I just actually made a blog post about this um, in terms of, I was talking about a workspace, but it applies to every, everything. So, Everything in a room. Whenever you look around a room, each item generates a thought. Mm -hmm. So if you have clutter, most of those thoughts are negative because you think, "Oh, I have to put that sweater away," or "Oh, I better pick up that piece of paper." And so it's very draining. Versus Mm -hmm. if you walk into a room that's clear and clutter-free, there's nothing to drain your energy. So it 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 really does make sense that you know in a clutter-free environment, you have more energy and you feel just better and calm and more at peace.
1: I love thinking about it like that because I I never put it into those words, but in my head, and I think for a lot of people, it's like you, you're sitting as a new mom, you're sitting if you're feeding your baby or doing whatever, and you're just looking around and right. it does weigh on you mentally. Yes. And so I think it's like between the physical decluttering of your space and then the mental decluttering of your mind and doing, like you said, a brain dump. I think yes. all of these things go together. And I think that leads us to... Self-care. I I would love it if you could talk a little just about like what self-care is to you and just how to incorporate it, because I think you hear it a lot. You know, you hear people talking about self-care,
2: but I think that it
1: can take a lot of forms, right? Like it could be organization, right?
2: Right. So self-care definitely clutter, a clutter-free environment is Mm self-care. And I used to look, think of self-care as You know, a spa day or something—you know—lengthy or taking a day off, or but really, I find the best self-care are is small acts that you work into your day. So for me, I have a cup of tea in the afternoon and I relax. I'll either watch something funny while I'm drinking my tea, so I'm laughing (laughs) as well. So I try to you know bring more laughter into my life. I like to walk in nature, and so it's small acts versus the spa days are great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not realistic and it won't have the impact like a spa day, you know, once a month even will not have the same impact or positive impact on your mental health. Then incorporating these little acts of self-care will.
1: I love that. I really love that. And I also love, you know what I love? I love routines. Let's go for like morning. Like what are some morning self-cares, maybe midday self-care routines or evening? Because I love that idea of just taking a moment in the afternoon. Like you said, having your tea, watching a quick video. It's like those mini little escapes can do so much to lift your mood. So yeah. Do you have any more examples? I'd love to hear.
2: So I am not the wake up at 4am and drink mushroom coffee and meditate person <laughs> at all. Um, well, I, I think that's great if you do, but that's not my personal self-care. My self-care looks like a great cup of coffee and I typically read something uplifting or um, I'll watch something that makes me laugh, like I'll watch funny videos, you know, just to, to, to start my day on a very positive note. And then I make sure to have something in the afternoon, like I'll have that cup of tea, like I was saying. Um, and in the evening, my self-care is I love to read and I love to read in bed. And I love that time of day is probably my favorite because the whole day is behind me and I just can just relax and <laughs> read my book and enjoy you know, that, that little sliver of time. <laughs>
1: I love that it's, it's so simple. And I think like people talk a lot about morning routines and night routines, but it doesn't really take a lot. And I think people tell you, um, have a night routine with the baby. And I was like, a night routine. What is that? And it's like, it's a, it's a wind down and it's a a sound machine and wrapping in the blanket. And then that made me think about my night routine. And so I think, yeah, (laughs) like, like putting away your phone too, I found like that ritual of like, now I'll charge my phone phone after dinner at seven. So we have an early dinner after dinner at seven, like the phone goes in the charger and then like, you don't look at it anymore. You don't scroll Instagram in bed that I think can weigh on you mentally too. So I love that you lay down with a book.
2: Yeah. I I read a book and that's my decompressing time. And I just can thoroughly enjoy the moment without having anything ahead of, aside from sleep, you know, I get to just end my day on a positive note. So I think, you know, whatever brings you happiness and joy, whatever will bring you a little joy in the day, whether it's, you know, uh, going for a walk or getting some fresh air or calling a positive and uplifting friend, that's like one of the best things to do. If you can call somebody and have a good laugh or just, you know, connect with someone positive, that's fantastic. I love that. I think that, you
1: know, what we learn, I think from this past, what, year and a half of the pandemic of all of us being stuck in our homes too. And if you're stuck in your house as a parent, it's like, you can't go on the vacation. You can't go sit on a beach. And so having Mm -hmm. little things in your life, like a a nice mug, I, I totally relate to that. If you sit there and you enjoy your nice mug, you focus on it. It's like, it's just the way you think about it. You know, like we have to eat three times a day and drink our coffee and do that, but like savoring it and enjoying it. I love that. And it's important. I
2: think it's so important, like bringing happiness. That's, you know, one thing I've learned over my lifetime is you need to bring as much happiness into your life as possible. You need to celebrate things. You need to celebrate even small things. Like good health news, like that is worth celebrating, you know, and if you think about it, we often like we celebrate, you know, major we celebrate holidays and life events like weddings and that sort of thing. But really, there's so much more celebrating to do. And it brings joy to, you know, to, to yourself and to everyone around you. And that's, that's something we should strive for is bringing more happiness into our lives. And on that note,
1: I want to get into a couple of little fun questions at the end here. All right. First off the best advice
2: that either you have to pass along or that you've heard. Okay. The best advice that I have for new moms is a happy baby is more important than a clean house. <laughs> so when I was a new mother, I did not even think twice about if if laundry was piling up, whatever, but if my baby was happy, that was what was important and focus on, you know, your energy level and taking care of your baby and don't stress about other things. And you should just try to take care of yourself in those early days. I think that's a great tip.
1: And you won't remember the clean house, but you'll remember that happy baby. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what is the worst advice? There's a lot of bad advice out there.
2: Okay. So the worst advice by far is make sure you enjoy every minute. This is, (laughs) this is so, this is the worst advice for new mothers because listen, a lot of it is not enjoyable. Like when, uh, when I first started breastfeeding and it was extremely painful and it was, uh, you know, I had issues with the breastfeeding that it was not enjoyable. and, And having people say that kind of makes you feel extra mom guilt. Like we don't have enough mom, guilt as it is. So you know what, some of it's not enjoyable. Um, I would replace that advice with really take notice of those special moments, like, because not every moment is special. <laughs> I totally
1: agree with that. I think that that leads to this mom comparison. You said mom guilt, but it's like, if you're really frustrated that your baby's crying, you know, you can't be happy in that moment. It is right. so stressful. And then right. it makes you feel guilty. So that is a really a good tip because, you know, all of us have felt those moments of just, I can't take it anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I, my third, um, my third baby cried solid for a month, which I know there's a lot of babies that cry that are colicky for longer than that, but he cried for a solid month. And I cried along with him because I couldn't figure out how to soothe him. And, um, that wasn't enjoyable. I'll say that time. And it's funny because he's such an easygoing, easy kid now, but, uh, that, you know, no, that was not a fun period.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's good for moms to remember that every mom feels the low point sometimes. Um, I'm wondering if you have any favorite things and this doesn't have to be for new moms and to put you on the spot for a second, but like, what are your favorite things? I know you mentioned your books and the things you do to, you know, be happy and have self-care. So do you have any specific products that you just absolutely love?
2: not products per se, but um, coffee, <laughs> coffee and tea. Um, like I said, my, my coffee mug, like um, my teacups, I love things that are pretty. I try to incorporate like even um, on my workspace, I'll have pretty pink things that make me happy. Okay, I think that that does it. I, I want everyone to know where to find you
1: because I think you have an amazing website and Instagram feed with so many great tips. So, um, yeah, let people know where they can find you and connect with you.
2: On Instagram, you can find me. Uh, my handle is at sheisresourceful. Uh, you can also find my blog at sheisresourceful.com. Um, and I am very happy to uh, respond to DMs with questions about you know, home organization, productivity, um, cleaning. I'm, I'm open. I'm happy to, to answer questions. Okay, perfect.
1: Well, I loved all of your tips and I love following you on there. So thank you so much for coming on.
2: I'm happy. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.